1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
0: Championing the core conservative principles of limited government, individual liberty, free enterprise, and traditional values. This is The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. (laughs) Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98, 7, and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. Don't forget, if you ever miss an episode, you can always visit (laughs) knssradio.com. Little Bon Jovi bad medicine. (laughs) You'll find links to podcasts of all our previous episodes there. Make sure you like and share the John Whitmer Show on Facebook, and of course follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer to get uh, all the latest updates on the show. Oh, we don't we don't get a little Bon Jovi on here. That's pretty good. Uh, pretty good, Dave. On July 23rd, Kentucky Senator Rand Paul sent a criminal referral to the Justice Department. Accusing national, accusing, I tell you, this, the music threw me off. Accusing National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease director Dr. Anthony Fauci of lying during Senate testimony, in which Fauci insisted the NIH never funded gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Paul's request is a startling public rebuke of the controversial Dr. Fauci who has been both revered, I don't know who reviews him, but at any rate, and maligned by millions of Americans. In a recent Daily Caller op-ed, Dr. Roger Klein called into question the actions taken by Dr. Fraud, Fraud G as I like to call him, in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Joining us now to talk about how Dr. Fraud G has lost all public credibility is Dr. Roger Klein. He is a pathologist, an expert with the Regulatory Transparency Project's FDA and Health Working Group. He is a faculty fellow at the Center for Law, Science, and Innovation at the Sandra Day O'Connor School of Law and a policy advisor to the Heartland Institute, as well as a former advisor to HHS, FDA, and the CDC. He completed his medical training at Yale School of Medicine and received his legal degree from Yale Law School His previous work was with pathogens similar to the COVID-19 coronaviruses. So basically, the guy knows what he's talking about, especially when we're talking about coronavirus. Dr. Klein, thank you for joining us this evening. It's nice to have you back on the show again, my friend.
1: Yeah, hi, John. Thank you for having me.
0: So uh, I read the the op-ed, Doc, and, and I agree with it. I think it was spot on. In the op-ed, you wrote that you believe that the responses that Dr. Fauci has advocated for has had an adverse effect on, on the public trust. Can you kind of give us an explanation of why you think that? I agree with you, by the way. I, I think F- Fauci has completely undermined his and the CDC's credibility. But why, why do you believe that?
1: Well, you know, I think people have to appreciate that Dr. Fauci has placed himself in a highly political role. Yes, and that means that means his public statements, his public communications, have been uh, have been uh, made within that that context, and, and and so that that I think in part accounts for some of the um, the inconsistencies and uh, and the contradictions. Notwithstanding the fact that he he sometimes leaves himself uh, sort of a hedging. Uh, you know, hedging language. I think. You know, I think. I think we have to understand that the political milieu in which he's operating is uh, appears to be influencing uh, his his public uh, pronouncements. And you know, so, so I think the problem when when you start having what is perceived to be a politicization of science is is that people lose faith in it because they they no longer see it as as the objective and uh and and sort of unbiased i guess would be the.
0: no uh, you're right it's that old adage hate the message because you hate the messenger and we played during my monologue we played some of the count you know some of the the before and after statements, some of the contradictions that have come from not only Dr. Fauci, but many in the administration who've said, well, I used to, you know, don't trust the vaccine, trust the vaccine. Masks, you can't wear a mask, you do wear a mask, you don't wear a mask. I mean, he's gone back and forth on stuff. And I think Fauci's shifts in position on masks in particular, for example, has caused confusion and doubt for many I think this is yet another reason people don't trust him, and probably why there's such vaccine hesitancy. Don't you?
1: Yeah. So I, I'm. I, I don't want to. I can't go as far as to to blame him for 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 the vaccine hesitancy. Certainly not for all of it. Uh, I do think that inconsistency is the hobgoblin of trust. So I think, and I, I you know, I think to the extent that people um, people perceive. Uh, Inconsistency or contradictions in statements in tone, uh, I I do believe that 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 undermines uh, confidence and trust with respect to the vaccine hesitancy. I, I actually think we're we're doing much better than we do with flu, for example, only forty. Mate, you know, for, for under fifty you percent, know, probably forty to fifty percent of people get the flu shot. For example, uh, now that 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 shot is much less effective, so you know, you would you would think that that in, in this case more people would take uh, take the COVID vaccine, but you know, we've got seventy percent of adults that have had have had one shot. So so uh, I, I don't want to. This, this isn't out of line with uh, previous. Uh, uh, perceptions on, of adults toward vaccination.
0: So, and we'll get to that. Trust me, I've I've got questions for you on that as well. In the piece you write, uh, Fauci quote: Fauci placed heavy emphasis on personal behavior and tight governmental controls without supportive empirical data or an understanding of the potential consequences. Fauci advocated for flattening the curve through punishing lockdowns involving unprecedented restrictions on personal and economic liberty. Now he's they're at it again, Doc. I mean, just this week, the CDC started pushing for more mask mandates. I saw the NIH director the other night talking about you have to mask your kids at home. They tried to walk that back, but he still said it. They've even floated the idea of vaccine mandates. Uh, you know, it just seems like, once again... They're they're pushing, again, government control of this rather than allowing people to come to the conclusions themselves or personal liberty. This idea you've always, every time you and I've talked, we've talked about the importance of allowing people to make the decisions on their own. Do they not get this idea that the more you push, people will push back?
1: Yeah, I I don't think they do, and I think that this is a mindset of certain people who who, who are smart people, but maybe not as smart as uh, as they think they are, because you know probably nobody is. But but I think uh, I think that you're 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 hitting on a really really important point. You know, in this country, we have always valued individual freedom to make decisions, and I can understand it. In, a, in the middle of a crisis or an emergency, I understand sometimes extraordinary measures are necessary. It, it isn't as if uh, coercive public health measures never have a place. But it, it, it is disturbing that right now we really don't have either a crisis or an emergency. This thing is a crisis is done. If you want to get vaccinated, you can get vaccinated. Uh, and people who are getting vaccinated are more or less uh, uh assured they will not get serious disease from the covid infection people who get infected and 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 uh, recover from it as most will do without harm also will have the same type of immunity uh that that others did 90% of individuals over 65 and over the highest risk group have had one shot so i don't i don't understand um the thinking uh behind uh behind trying to to uh force people in a manner to, to behave in a manner that we've never experienced in this country. I we we've never had these types of, of lockdowns and and, and and there really was no empirical basis for it. But I think Now, it's almost it's really almost impossible to justify because anybody who wants a vaccine can get one. And they're by and large protected, Uh, maybe not against absolutely against infection, but against serious illnesses. And almost everybody going to the hospital uh, is unvaccinated. Moreover, they're younger people. They're not going they're not dying. Uh, You know, they're not going to the intensive care unit. And, and I so I think we're at a different stage.
0: So let's talk about the vaccine. I know people who've received the shot. I know others like myself who, for one reason or another, haven't received the vaccine. Do you trust it? Is it safe? And what do you say to those people like myself that are just hesitant for one reason or another? In my case, I just don't like being told what to do. I don't know what it is. Uh, maybe I'll get around to it. Maybe at some point, if they let me come to it on my own, I may. But the more they try and make me do it, if I were in New York City and they were telling me I couldn't go to a bar or, you know, I'd go to the bar, regardless of whether or not they told me I couldn't. But, uh, I mean, what what do you say to people who are hesitant? It, I, it's just ugh, stop telling me what to do. <laughs>
1: Well, I, I don't. I don't think. Well, I, I truthfully think one should one needs to look out for one's own self-interest, and and and, and perhaps as annoying as it is, put put some of that uh, to the side. Um, my, do do I trust? Well, to an extent, I trust. I mean, I what I what I the way I look at this really is is probably more nuanced as a balancing of risks, and I say that there, you know, that there is um, uh, a. Uh, 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 An uh, unlikely, but not in substantial risk, you know, maybe one to four per thousand deaths of, uh, from, from COVID, and that's looking at everybody. Um, and, and, you know, the possibility that you can get sick or end up in the hospital from COVID, and there's, there's that risk. And then there's a, a very, very rare uh, or, or low risk, Probably, from the vaccine, which hasn't yet been quantified, i mean no 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 intervention is zero you know it is has zero risk it's just extremely low. we really don't know what it is. There's some reports of uh, that of myocarditis, which is now in the or heart inflammation, which is is has largely occurred in young people now is is in the label um, uh, of one of the vaccines, and I think or at least one as far as I know and then Uh, And and so I think, um, you you know, you also have a lot of other reports. Um, We've given out 350 plus million. So that's bigger than any trial would ever be. We had a had pretty good sized trials on all these vaccines and saw the uh, the and, and didn't see serious side effects. So, you know, I, I, think, I think by and large, the risk of being harmed by it is extremely low. So the older you get, the more at risk you are from COVID, the more inclined you should be to take the vaccine, the younger and healthy you are and the less at risk from COVID you are, you, you maybe are, are, are less concerned about, about getting vaccinated and you'll take, you know, you'll just go ahead and, you know, with the understanding, by the way, that I think most people will, will or many people are left are going to get infected, uh, but you'll come through as' fine. So so that's how I look at it and I say if you want to avoid the consequences in most cases the risks of the vaccine are are less than the risks of covid.
0: Well, you didn't you didn't make me feel any better either way, thanks, doc.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm not I'm not trying to convey if you were my patient I would say to you, you know, I recommend it. I don't I don't know your health history. I don't know yeah. you know what your personal life is, but I you know, I I would, you know, I would recommend it, but I you know, depending upon de- I would I would urge it if you, as I did for my night you know my my eighty eight year old father uh, I would do it if you're an eighty eight year old man with heart disease.
0: Yeah, no, I'm not. So that's basically, what my doctor said is eh, I recommend it, but I'm not going to force it. So. <laughs> Thank you, uh, you know, Dr. Klein. I appreciate you coming on tonight. I completely agree with your uh, analysis of Dr. Fauci. I, I think he's, I think he's at this point he's doing more damage than anything else. I think they'd be wise to find someone else to be a, a spokesperson because I think you're right. I think he has politicized too much, and he's become too much of a of a political. Symbol for things. Uh, But I I appreciate you joining us tonight. We've shared a link to your recent Daily Signal article on the John Whitmer Show Facebook page. And just, you know, keep uh, keep bringing attention to it, my friend. Uh, We appreciate you. Appreciate what you're doing, brother. Yeah, thank you. We'll be taking your calls at 845. In the meantime, coming up after the break, Tom Amenta, a former U.S. Army Ranger who served as uh, part of the 75th Ranger Regiment during Operation Enduring Freedom served in Afghanistan will be with us to discuss whether America's 20-year war in Afghanistan was worth the cost. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. We'll be back right after this.